You're listening to Her, an ongoing conversation for women by women, exploring all things heal, empower, and rise, giving voice to the feminine. This is a podcast where women support women through thought-provoking, authentic, and raw conversations. We provide an uncensored platform for our guests with diverse viewpoints that are not necessarily consistent with the perspectives of your hosts. I'm Elika. I'm Alegria, and we're here to guide this adventure with you. Your voice matters. Let your voices be heard. In today's episode, Elika and Alegria interviewed Darla Ivan, transformational coach, international speaker, and author of Broken to Beautiful. We dive into the topic of fear of failure, how to learn from our failures, and understand that failure is just feedback. We talk about releasing the shackles of self-doubt. We discover how to be mindful and aware of limiting beliefs. We also remind ourselves to have gratitude and that being perfectly imperfect must be embraced. Hi, Darla. Hi, how are you? Well, thanks. How are you? Super excited to be here with you ladies today. Yes, we're honored to have you. This is Darla Yvonne, author of Broken to Beautiful life coach and keynote speaker and we're really excited today to talk about transforming what you have you have a couple taglines that you use triumph to so tragedy to triumph so taking a bad a negative and looking for the positive or i also say crisis to clarity because we all have those things in our life adversities and how do you turn them around and look for the positive in it Awesome. Well, we are excited to dive in with you and talk about transforming, you know, our life experiences to positive events in our lives. And yeah, we're really pleased to have you today. Thank you for joining us. Of course, my honor. Yeah. And how prevalent is it, especially with the state of the world, that we need to really focus on the positive and practicing that mindfulness and digging deeper to choose to do better, to be better, to not be engulfed by the negativity and the muck and come out of that on top. And that takes work, but you share with us how we can do this. How how can we get out of that rut, especially now? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's, I always say this, to think is to create. And the power of our mind is so so available to all of us and it's our thoughts that create our results in life no matter what our situation is and i'll go back to adversity like we all have that whether it's like right now it's election year it's covid the year is absolutely crazy and we don't get to skip adversity class in life and it's part of all of our lives and so if we can power together my my heart is all about being a beacon of light and hope for others in such a dark time like this and and beyond and so my if i can share my story a little um where i started and and how i've shifted from where i was to where i am now and it 
it really started in a hospital. I was in a hospital in ICU and I heard a nurse outside my room saying, I don't want to take her case because she's not going to live through the night. And I thought, what? Like, I didn't know how sick I was. And I had 50 pulmonary embolisms. So they're blood clots in your lungs. I knew something was wrong. I knew I was pretty bad, but I didn't know I was that bad. And I heard the nurse say that. And that is a defining moment in my life where I got clear that, oh my God, I am not going to die because I haven't even lived yet. And I, I made a pact with God that night or my higher power, whatever you works for you to say, but for me, it's God. And I just said, I don't want to die. And I will listen to whatever that nudge, that message that I had been getting for a long time to go share my message with the world, help other women that have been through domestic violence, help children that have been through abuse, help, you know, help women, empower women that are on this mindset of they're not enough or they're stuck in their life or they're scared. They don't feel worthy to move forward. And so there's so many areas we can go down that path. But that night I made a decision and drew a line in the sand that said, I am no longer living on the sidelines as a spectator in my life. I want to be a participant. And I can go back seven years before that when I really stopped dreaming in my life. And that's my passion now. Like I want to ignite that, that fire of people's dreams in their hearts because how many of us stop dreaming? All of us, we, we dream as a kid and we get to this adult stage and we adult and life happens and we sit back and we become this, we watch our life go by like a movie. And I've heard a quote once it's we, most people live the same year 90 times over and you just do the same thing. And nothing changes because we don't take our mindfulness, our, our skills that we have within and our, our thought patterns and shift that. So going back to the hospital that night, I go back seven years prior. I, I really stopped dreaming the day I broke my neck in a car accident in 2007 and I lost my career in dentistry. I lost my identity of who I was and what I was about. And I went down this rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, why me? Why me again? Like, and, and I got in this state of victimhood, if you will, and it kept me stuck. It kept me in a place that didn't feel very good. And I had depression. And so again, moving forward, when I woke up in the hospital, I heard that nurse seven years later say, you're going to die. I'm like, oh no, because I haven't gone and shared my message yet. And so that's my defining moment. And that's why I do what I do. And so I dove into personal development work. I read all the books. I took the classes. I hired a coach and mentor and I got really clear on what I am here to do. And my big mission statement, I guess, for life right now is I believe we are capable of far more than we realize as humans. And I believe that we can live a life we love living. And I just happen to be the certified coach um, and that can help people guide and direct them to, to turn those dreams into reality. So now we can just go back to the mindset part. Like, so that's my story. And so I, I created a book, Broken to Beautiful, and I, I share some tips in there on what worked for me. How did I get out of the muck when I was stuck to use a negative situation and turn it into a positive? And it's the power of our minds. It's shifting the way we, we think and working on our self-talk. Here's an example of stuckness. Okay, a girl, a client of mine, she says, I will never get married again. I've been through two divorces and now I'm in my 50s and now I have wrinkles and now I'm heavier. And like, 
all these reasons because her dream of finding a soulmate won't work. And we all have these becauses in our life. Well, I can't get that job because of this. And I can't do this because of that. And it's that limiting self-talk that keeps us stuck. So that's where I, why I do what I do. I, I really want people to be conscientious of how they're speaking to themselves, who they surround themselves with, and how they're showing up in their life. And that alone right there, that one thing can turn any hardship around, I believe. So how would you, how would you suggest, like, what is the starting point for that? Because I'll tell you, I've got the meanest inner critic and she is, she is spiteful. She is, she's resentful and angry. I mean, this isn't something everyone sees in me, but it's, it's a part of me that I live with daily and she's just mean. <laughs> she's unhappy and she's mean. So where would, and outward facing, I'd say that I, I, I do have a lot of joy and I have a lot of um, ambition and motivation and inner drive to succeed and, and be happy. I would say internally, I feel like I'm actually quite joyful except for this really powerful inner critic. So where would you say the starting place is for quieting that critical self-talk and I love that you brought that, that voice? <laughs> I love that you say this because how many of us, especially as women, have that? And it starts with old programmings. Um, when we were a young child, like the not enoughness or the not worthiness or that'll never happen or you should do this, not that. And we've been told and programmed. And I think the, the number one thing where to start is just what you said. Notice what you notice. It's all about awareness. And when we can become aware that we're having that self-talk, that's genius right there. And I say good to that because once you're aware, then you're mindful of it. And then you can start shifting it, whether it's using positive I am statements, look in the mirror and I am, I am a woman of worth. I am successful. I am enough just the way I am. My body is perfect for me as it is. Whatever those I am statements that you're struggling with, I think that's key. I love journaling. Sometimes hiring a mentor or a coach just to walk you through and breaking through those limiting beliefs that are so deeply ingrained. I think that is, a, is another place we can start. Yeah. I mean, I've done therapy for, for years and I had this really incredible counselor. She did a lot of shamanic work. So yeah. we, went, we did some deep dives. <laughs> so... And in those deep dives is where I discovered that I picture her as a really hurt little girl, you know, and, and, and so we did a lot of sitting with that hurt little girl and, mm -hmm. uh, and it just, the amount of resistance that I have to just acknowledging her is really telling. And, um, and so I can see just in my daily life, wow, there, that little girl has so much power in my world, you know, because, because I'm unconscious of her most of the time. And so I love that you, your key for starting is that self-awareness and that acknowledgement and being with, with that voice, that, that inner voice. And, and that, that's, that is the starting place. But then what do you do? <laughs> I, I call that 
the shackles of self-doubt. It's like a prisoner that has handcuffs and we are our own worst prisoners. And when we can become aware and work through these processes with coaching or, or counseling or journaling or whatever it is that you think shamanic work, different things work for different people. But when we can release those shackles of self-doubt, that's where our freedom really comes in. And, and I like to say, hey, ask yourself, is this true? Like so much of the bullshit we say isn't even true. We just make it into something it, it, and it's not even true and it's not helpful. And so start right there. And how does this belief make you feel? Okay, if you, whatever your self, your limiting belief is, that inner girl that tells you is yapping in your ear, like it's not even true. And how does it make you feel? And, be, and becoming aware of that, you can work through that. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Stop doing it. It's like, who are you surrounding yourself with too? And make sure you're surrounding yourself with positive people. I say, don't listen to the news anymore. It's CNN, constantly negative news. Like, and even social media, right? Like, I call it fake book because the, the <laughs> stuff that's out there, half of it's just to look good or whatever. And it's like behind closed doors, people are dying inside. And I like to go down this rabbit hole too of how many of us wear a mask in our life. That mask to hide the self-doubt, to hide that we're not enough, to hide the shame. I, I didn't want people to know I had a son in prison for a couple of years and I didn't it was the best thing that happened to him. And I have gratitude for it now. But in the moment, I thought people are going to judge me. And, you know, who are you to go speak and share a message? You, you've gone through divorce. You've been abused. You have a son and all this stuff. And it's like, no, what if that can be my power? What if that lit up something in me? It would shine through the broken spaces and be that light of hope for other people. So when we can take those masks off, and be authentic and vulnerable. And that's what I love about what you ladies are doing with, with your podcast and your mission. You're allowing women to connect in this deeper way and be real about the crap. And we don't have to wear a mask and show up as something we aren't. And that lets us let those shackles of self-doubt dissolve as well, I think. When we know we're more alike than we are different, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. The thing that really stands out in, in all of that is the, the fear of being judged, you know, and, and it almost. Totally, totally. <laughs> I was going there. I was just like writing my notes and I'm like, I have to say something about that because I totally feel it all the time. And that's the thing. That's what yeah. keeps me, the perfectionism, having to be perfect, but we're all flawed. Being able to understand that and accept that because nobody is perfect but it's still such a constant struggle because you do fear fear of being judged by others right. for saying something, even with this podcast, you know, we're kind of like, yes, we, we want this, you know, we want to give women this platform. We want to speak out. We want to speak up and we want this platform and being authentic, but still it's that constant in the back of our mind, we got that voice saying, oh my God, what are they going to think about what we just said? You know, our family and friends are listening. <laughs> so. well, how do we overcome that inner critic? And really in the scheme of life, your real friend, your tribe that you surround yourself, they're going to want you to succeed. They're going to be sending you good vibes and not judging. And if they are, then they're not part of your tribe. And I just say, 
no to the naysayers. And in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Program, it's that mind-body connection that I studied. And we do a thing called reframing. And that's where you accept where you're at, what you like, what you don't like, and you physically, you literally shift what you experience moving forward and what's not serving you. And it's not pretending, it's just a space shift from this to this, from where I am to what I would like. And you just reframe, like, instead of looking for the bad, like, what if I can re reframe it and say it in a different way that it's a positive now? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that happened because I got to learn this lesson. So it gives us a space to allow something more and for joy and abundance to come in our life and being more accepting, if you will. And so, and, and that allows us to overcome that inner critic. So releases us up to be open with what is and what can be. And it opens new opportunities instead of getting caught up in the energy of hating this job or my fear of being judged or whatever it is we're dealing with. Don't let the obstacle stop you. Don't let the fear use that to propel you. Use the fear to propel you of the judgment. Like I say, well, I say fuck fear, but I, I in, when I speak on stage, I <laughs> say, say it, say it. <laughs> Befriend your fear or flick the fear. Like we all have it. And is it serving you? No. And what if we fail? Guess what? I, I have a master's degree in failure and I have a master's degree in success. And the failures taught me the greatest lessons in my life. And so for me, failure is just feedback. I don't I want love to that. I, I wish more people, I wish that that was more embraced in our culture. I, I know personally, I'm stumbling over my words. I know that personally, I'm afraid of failure. I, it's, it's terrifying to me. I strive for perfection and it's impossible, right? Per perfection is impossible. And and just like you said, the, the, the greatest lessons come from our fa failures. And I don't know where I latched on to my fear of failure, but it, it shapes my life. It shapes my entire childhood, my schooling, you know, ev everything. Just What's the worst thing that can happen, Allegria? What's the worst thing that can happen if you fail? I like to ask you that. Like, so what if you fail? It's... I don't have the answer to that. Embarrassment, shame, those are the things that emerge. And I know that I'm so motivated as a mother to provide my daughter the opportunities to view her failures as learning opportunities. I want her to know and for it to be part of her process to embrace the failures as feedback, as you say. I, I feel like that is my goal as a mom, that and to help shape her ability to hear and listen to her intuition. I would say those are my two top core values in raising my daughter. <laughs> and when she has a failure in life, how about you reframe it and say, sweetie, let's look at how can we celebrate that failure? Because it's just a lesson in feedback. And so now you're in control of your life. Instead of coming from victimhood, you get to be in control of how am I reacting to that failure? And it reduces your stress and it allows for more flow in life and goodness to come through because it really isn't a failure. And what a lesson that would be as a mom, like to teach our children that, right? Like, sweetie, it's not failure. It was just feedback. Let's celebrate that. And what did you, what was your biggest takeaway from that? And how can we learn and grow from it? And if you can reframe like that, 
what power you can instill in your daughter as she grows up and to become a powerful woman later. Like that's huge. And that seems like the root of, of going back to my own fear of failing. Just that seems like the core in teaching that inner little girl that I wrestle with that is the mean little critic <laughs> of right. everything I do. It seems like if we can get into a habit of reframing at a really young age, and if we can impart that to our children, mm. then they're going to have less mean inner critics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe for you even reshifting, like, how can I have gratitude for that mean inner critic? Like, instead of coming from the victim, like, oh my gosh, I, am this, I have this mean inner critic, let's shift it and say, look for the gratitude in it. Where can I have gratitude? And it shifts this emotional energy. We're all energetic beings, and it takes you from victimhood to victor. And it isn't changing who you are, but it's changing your beingness and honor who you are because none of us are perfect. And I say, be imperfectly perfect. And that's a message we could share with our children too today. Like you don't have to be perfect. And I remember I'm a type A too, driven, driven, driven. And I remember my oldest son saying to me once, mom, it'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. Like he cleaned his room and he cleaned it, but it wasn't to my standards. And so I'm, I'm good. It looks good, but those Legos over there and it looks good, but, and there was always a, but, and how can I shift that? Like, I wish I would have known then what I know now because he was enough and it wasn't about the damn Legos in the room, like honor who he is and notice what I'm noticing, how I'm speaking. It's a, it's just a dance of awareness. It's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I say vibrate at a higher level, tap into your beingness and just trust the process and flow with and, and come from a state of gratitude instead of victimhood. And it allows this expansion in our life. And when we, when we talk about our inner critics and these shackles we have on and what's keeping us stuck, that is a state of constriction. And then that blocks the flow of all of life. Like when we are in a constricted space, when you are feeling and you're stepping into your inner critic, nothing good can flow in, right? Because you've constricted it. And when you can push that aside and she's going to come up, mine comes up, shit, all the time. It doesn't go away. It's just the awareness around it. It's yeah. interesting what you, when you talk about, you know, constantly being aware when that awareness dance that you talk about because that I feel like I do that constantly, you know, being aware of my patterns of behavior, being aware of when I'm being too negative, even being aware when I get sucked into gossip and then I'm just like, whoop, 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 this is not me. So just constantly being aware of, of the voices as well, the voices in your head, you know, like, oh, I, I don't fit into any of my clothes because I wear all stretchy clothes right now. So <laughs> when I put on clothes, you know, that, that's not a good feeling either. <laughs> This COVID has added 20 plus pounds to my life and I will be releasing those. And I think a lot of, yeah. So even my stretchy clothes are getting tight and I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And my voice going, Oh, that isn't going to look good. It's fine. I can hide behind a video on a zoom now, but when I get on a real stage and my pants won't zip, that's not going to be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And even when you talk about the messaging, okay, so when you talk about the messaging to your son when he was younger and, and think about that time and you reflect and you, know, you wish you could have 
maybe because now you would have done things differently. I kind of can, can relate to that because I feel like if I could do anything different in my life is the messaging as I was such a young mom and I keep saying, oh, I didn't know any better, but the messaging that I would be giving to my children, mm-hmm. I think impacted some of the things that have happened in their lives, you know, and then and I you feel can like blame yourself. it could have been different. I blame myself because my son went to prison. I broke my neck. He got addicted to my pain meds. And I blame myself for his addiction that eventually led to a three-year prison sentence. He's out. He's clean. He's an amazing young man. And he had to go through that to have his wake-up call. And yeah. I blame myself. And I say to women now, give yourself grace because we all do the best we can in the moment with what we had and where we are. Like, just embrace that and give ourselves grace and stop beating ourselves up because what if I would have known that I was supposed to lock up my pills? I didn't know. And I, maybe I was hard at a certain, we were hard on our children at certain and we can beat ourselves up to oblivion that I wish I would have done better. And that to me is, this goes down another rabbit hole forgiveness, but that's how I got to forgive my own father who was my first perpetrator in my life. He was abusive. And I used to wish he would die as a young girl, I remember that. And now I, I, after a lot of therapy, honestly, and a lot of self-growth and and, an awareness by forgiving him, it released me. And I could come from a place of, I don't think it's okay what he did, but I seek to understand because it goes back four generations from him, for him, his abuse. And that cycle never got broken. And so I get to give myself grace and honor right now and honor that I got to break that cycle, that chain of dysfunction that went on for so many years. And did, and that doesn't discount again. Like people are like, how can you forgive him? Well, I, I chose to for me because it set me free. And I realized that even though we go through things in life that are hard, whatever we're going through, life happens for us. And maybe we needed to learn a little lesson. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I got that lesson out of that. And I don't, I got to break that cycle and yay me because this generational change stopped. Going back, I want to step back a little because we started talking about self-talk and that critic and stuff. And I really encourage people to listen to that negative self-talk that I had a client. I'm going to share this. Uh, she had, she, she kept saying, oh, I can't wrap my head around this. I can't wrap. And by saying that, guess what she manifested in her life? She manifested this vertigo that was so bad. It she sent her to the hospital because she oh, couldn't wow. wrap her head around something. So I used to always say, oh, I would rather poke my eyes out than do that. Well, guess what? My eyes started giving me problems. And like the things we say, we bring about. So another girl, she's like, oh, that's like pulling teeth. Well, guess what? She manifested thousands of dollars of dental work. And so if we say we're fat or we're this or we're that, we're going to stay in that pattern until we stop with that self, that negative self-talk. And then we can get back on track and speak as if like, what do you want in your life? I lead people down an exercise called time machine and I take them three years into the future. Like, what would it be like if I could wave a magic wand and everything worked out, everything was possible, whether it's your health or your relationships or your money or whatever it is in your life that you're craving, it all worked out. And you speak as if it's already happening, present tense. And I love to challenge people to journal on that. And the more you stay in that state of beingness, instead of the negative stuff, the universe just, it opens these doors and it's crazy how it happens, but it works. 
I've seen it work too many times. I love it. That's the art of manifestation, really, to to live as if and just in this state of believing that you already have what it is that you're seeking. And then it just comes. It's like you open the channels and you open the doors for the flow to just come to you with ease and grace. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there some kind of show that was all about that manifestation and believing it's the secret, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like believing that. So I, <laughs> I did that and I was just like, where is my millions of dollars? <laughs> and you, you have to take action too. So it's, it's the steps of, okay, deciding for your dream. What is it that you want? Designing it. What's it going to look like? Like the, the blueprint of a house and then taking action on it. Like you have to take some action. Like there's not some magical fairy that's just going to sprinkle dust. So, but once you get clear and I always say clarity is power, getting clear on what you want. That's the mat. That's the secret sauce getting clear and then what little actions that one baby step you can take and then the next baby step you can take. And then, I love it. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the clearest example that I have of that exact exercise of living as if and believing that I already have it was building my business. It was an idea at first. It was that clarity that you speak of where I determined okay, I'm going to become a professional event planner. And then of course I was taking the necessary steps daily to be committed to doing the work essentially. But one of the most profound pieces of it was as soon as I decided that that's what I was going to do, I also spoke as if. So people would ask me what I did and I would, I would own it. And I'd say, I'm an event planner. And the more I said, I'm an event planner, the more I actually became an event planner. You know, I had, I had a lot of the skills already, but in terms of actually building a business out of it, um, that process was that journey of living as if, you know, and acknowledging that it already was and then it became <laughs> I call myself a possibilitarian <laughs> really anything's possible because to think is to create if you can think it everything started if you think about it everything started with a thought before it became a thing like Edison and the light bulb he didn't just crap out a light bulb like he thought about it and he, it was a thought and then it became the thing and the the airplane, the, the Wright brothers, all of that, they thought about it and then it become the things and you thought, and most of these thoughts that become things that we manifest in our life, I think start from a challenge. Like for me to do what I do and step into becoming a speaker and a writer and a coach, I went through the challenges. I wasn't supposed to be in dentistry. I, I said I was a dental hygienist. Now I'm a spiritual hygienist. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. And once I got clear and listened to those nudges, but it took a challenge and that's where I'm grateful for the challenge, the challenge of breaking my neck. I don't want it. I didn't love it. No, but it was a huge challenge. It allowed me to step back and heal and learn to walk. And during that presence, it's who you become in the process. And did it take, can I ask, did it take a challenge for you? Like, was there a line you drew in the sand that you finally had enough of whatever you were doing? And you said, I'm deciding that I'm an event planner now. Like something triggered I, you to I, do that. 
I mean, it, it was just the, it was just the courage and the commitment to do it. And, and it's not all I am. So it wasn't ever meant to be my sole purpose or my sole identity, but to be able to become an entrepreneur was fulfilling a dream to be able to work for myself. It doesn't mean I don't hustle on the side and have, you know, employment jobs too that keep me going. But I think when we say that we're going to, or that we want to do something, Elika, you want to be a millionaire. So if you want to be a millionaire, Elika, I'm going to just <laughs> challenge you and hold you accountable to becoming that millionaire that you are meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> with this podcast <laughs> with this podcast we're, yeah so so that means I get to share in that too that's fine that's right <laughs> um, I think it was just it was that decision it was just making the decision that this is it was that clarity that you speak of and just deciding that's what I want to do. It's not outside of me. It actually already exists within me. You know, it wasn't that I just at that point in time just started planning events. I've been planning events since I was 13 years old, you know, but to be able to say that that's my profession, that was a big achievement. And to be able to own it as my profession that's where that inner work was living as if, you know, instead of seeing it outside of myself, instead of seeing, well, one day I'm going to get paid to do this, you know, before I even had my first paying gig, I just embraced that I'm a professional event planner. And then that paid gig came because I, it's that whole, if you build it, they will come. Right. So I wore the identity I'm a professional event planner. And I stepped into that and it was not without the imposter syndrome that was coming up all over the place, you know, but, but the more I just committed to wearing that title, it attracted clients, you know, because then once you say it with that conviction and belief that you are, Mm-hmm. And others see you as that. And so it was like, I'm, a, I'm an event planner. And then the clients are like, I want to pay you to do my event. And I'm like, great. You know? so, and, and there was all the work. You know, it's not like it, like you said, you, know, you have to do the work. Well, I did. I took a course and I got a business license and I, I set up, all, I did the work. But then the clients came because I owned it. Yeah, Allegria, if you hadn't done that, we would have never met. It's true. It's true. And now look, and, and honestly, and look at this. (laughs) Well, this is amazing too, right? Because I, for four or five years, for about five years, I've been seriously an avid podcast listener. And with every podcast that I love and listen to, I, I wanted to have my own and, and I wasn't doing the work to step towards that. But Elika, you were, <laughs> and now look, now, now I'm a podcaster. <laughs> yes. There are, as well too. <laughs> it was meant to be, I don't know, you just like popped in my head and I was like, wow, we have so much in common. And every time Allegria and I would get on the phone or just on social media, just messaging each other, we just had so much to say. And I'm like, oh my God, she'd just be perfect for it. I really hope that she she wants, she was like the only person I thought of. And, and she was like, yeah, I've been thinking about doing this. I'm like, what are the odds? <laughs> you know what I love that you just trusted the process of life and you notice what you're noticing. And I always say where your attention goes, energy flows. And your attention was to 
your vision, you made the decision, you got clear and look at you and you're impacting a lot of lives. Like women, especially right now, we need this connection. It's lonely out there. And if we can listen to people being real and authentic and vulnerable, there's times I've been on stage and cried and then I'm, I get embarrassed or in front of a coaching client, I've cried several times. And, but it's okay because that is me being from my heart space and us listening to our gut. And as long as we're listening to that voice that tells us to take that step, like we don't have to wait for the two by four of a broken neck or a pulmonary embolism like I did to actually listen. So I love when people just take that action, vision and decision, go get clear. Right. I love that. <laughs> I, I call that vulnerability that you said where you like the post embarrassment after becoming really vulnerable. I call that the vulnerability hangover <laughs> because, because it is, it's a rush to be that open and um you know and and show that much of your authentic self to large groups of people (laughs) to get that vulnerability hangover that's so true the first episode that we recorded the first podcast episode i talked about getting fired from my corporate job in october 2019 and then a lot of my friends and family did not know that i was fired so afterwards, I, I had that. I was just like, oh my God, that just came out. And I talked about it and I was vulnerable. And then I just started talking about it on stage. And now it's just like a part of my story. It made me stronger. So I don't hesitate talking about it now. But back then when we did the podcast episode, I was like, oh God, like all of this is coming back to me now. And then my husband's friends were listening too. And they were like, your wife was fired from that resort, which is a very popular resort in this area. <laughs> so you know what you, when you're that vulnerable, you give your listeners and your audience permission to be vulnerable too. And that takes away those shackles and those masks. And it allows us to just be this imperfectly perfect person that we are. And we don't have to hide anymore. So kudos to you for being real about that. Like so then one other person can come and say, you know, I've been fired too. And me too. It's a, it's like that me too movement. It's like it yeah. creates a connection. Like we're more alike than we are different. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted, I wanted, uh, before we go, right. Um, uh, this is for Alegria. Can you see it? I don't know if you can see it there. It says, oh, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? So I have this and I look at it all the time and I'm just like, okay, I can't be afraid of failure. can't be afraid to be judged. Can't, I just can't, you know, like I have to keep pushing forward. And so that's one thing I want just to put out there, you know, Alegria, you're going to answer this next time. <laughs> and ask your audience that, what, are you, what would you do? This is what I do with my clients. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? And people will be like, well, I can't because of this. And I'm like, but what if you could? But what if you right. could? And, and you, you keep reframing that. And eventually they get to that deeper level of, oh my God, this is what I would love to do. I have a favorite quote by Goeth, G-O-E-T-H. I don't know if I say that right, but he says, whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius power and magic in it. And if we just get brave enough, 90% of people aren't like you and I, or like they don't take the steps because they're too afraid and it keeps them stuck. They don't take the bold steps or create and take the actions to that dream. And that's what I just want to empower people to do. 
Yeah, I have this saying, um, it's like right in front of me, progress over perfection, because I know that I'm a perfectionist. And that's ultimately what what it all boils down to is just, you know, I was raised that way. And so whenever I wasn't perfect, I was told I wasn't perfect. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, that stunted me somehow. And even as an adult, you know, it's just with me all the time. So I struggle a lot with that. So like I start something and I don't finish it. I have 20 journals. Why do I have 20 journals? I start a journal and I don't finish it, you know, <laughs> like, and then I see a pretty one and I buy another one and then it's all new. So I want to start writing in it and then I don't finish writing in that one. I see another one. So like, that's always been my pattern. So that's, that's something it's progress. Just like you talk about, start it, you know, you have to start it in order progress, to get somewhere. Perfect. Love it. Progress, not perfection. Yeah. yeah, none of us are perfect. I don't want to be perfect anymore. And I used to want to be, I wanted to get the straight A's and do, because the perfectionism let me hide behind everything I thought was wrong with me. Cause I thought if on the outside, I look perfect, everything that's really flawed, no one will see then. Mm-hmm. And so Darla, the other thing is you showed me the other day, your little bucket. And I want you to share what that is because I want one of those. I'll mail it to you. You'll have to give me your address after this um, show is over, but I'll show it on the screen here, but no one else could see it. It's called a chuck it bucket. And what it is, this is a way I can reframe and teach my audience to reframe. And so things that don't serve us in our life that we think we aren't enough or whatever our story is, I, I, I'll hit the pause button when I'm with a client and I'll say, can we pause there? I want to invite you to chuck that into your bucket bucket. Because it doesn't serve you anymore. So chuck it in the bucket. And then this bucket is just like trash. It goes out with the trash. It's like hitting control alt delete on your computer and it does a reset. Like chuck it in the bucket and let it go. Because as long as we hold on to those things, they're still they're gonna limit us over and over and over. So we it's a laughing joke in our house. If my kids will say something or I say something or my husband, I'm like, chuck it in the bucket bucket. And they're like, Oh, thank you for that. Chuck it in the fuck it bucket. I love it. (laughs) So I will keep saying, oh, fuck it, bucket. This can be a trigger device. I keep it on my desk. It's a trigger device. So when I'm in my head or in those limiting beliefs, I I can look at my bucket and go, oh, yeah, that's where that goes. Because it's just bullshit. It's not real. It doesn't, it's not even real. So I will love to send you ladies a chuck it bucket as a trigger device (laughs) in your life when things aren't serving you to let it go. Thank you. That's awesome. I love it. Well, where can people find you, Darla? Well, I have a website and it's um, DarlaYvonneInternational.com. And you can connect with me there. I, my biggest value in life is human connection. I love connecting. I want to hear your story. Tell me where you're at. Um, You can click on Darlie Vaughn International, go to the contact page, tell me that you saw us, saw or heard me here, and I would love to do uh, honor you and give you a free clarity session. If you want to take 30 minutes and say, this is where I'm at, and this is where I love to be, and help me get clear on how I can bridge that gap, I love doing that. And that I would love to do as a gift to your listeners, just to say, if you want a clarity session, click on the connect with Darla, and then say that you heard me here on her podcast and I would love to do that. And also I want to invite people. Another gift I would like to give is I do 
Once or twice a month, I'll do a masterclass where I lead people down a journey, be offering an hour long session where I teach 10 principles of how to get from A to B, but I'm going to offer three principles and we do, it's an experiential journey. So you do some hands-on activities and it's really fun and it allows you to dive deeper and get clear on your vision in that hour time. And I love leading it and it's via Zoom, it's free, but go to Darla Yvonne International, click on Masterclass, and it'll uh, let you put in your email, and I'll send you the Zoom link so you can uh, join me if, if you're interested. It's a fun thing to do, and right now I think it's a gift that the world needs. Just It's a way to connect and, and to dream again. So Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Darla. It's been really fun. This has been really fun today. Yeah. Uh, I really yes, appreciate it. I agree. I received that, and I think it's been fun, too. It's been a blessing for me. I love human connection. And if we get to be a light in the dark world, that's what you're doing. Thank you for that. I honor you, ladies. Yeah, Darla. And I just want to say that we're glad you're here and alive and that you fought to be alive and that you made it through all your adversity and you're sharing your message with our listeners and with us. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. My pleasure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe on the platform where you're listening. Your review helps other women find our podcast, expanding the heal, empower, and rise. And please share with other women in your circle. And remember, your voice is your superpower.